Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. How's everyone doing this morning? Um, I just want to thank Pastor Clayton and Romy um, just for who you guys are. I know you don't want me to do this because you're so humble, (laughs) but um, my family has been so blessed just by you guys. I don't want to start crying now already, but thank you so much. Just the sacrifices that none of us even know that you've gone through and been through just to have Seashore has just blessed us. So can we give it up for our amazing pastors? Love you guys so much. Love you. All right. Before I get started, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you that you've been here um, from the beginning this morning, Lord. Thank you for worship. Thank you that we get to worship you here in America, God. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you'll come and rest upon every single person's heart that's here, that, that's hearing my voice. I thank you, Father, that you are speaking, that you already have begun to speak to every person. And Lord, I pray that every person will hear your voice and um, that we will leave this place just more in love with you, just knowing more who we are in you and who you are. Bless every person and their family in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, this morning I'm going to be talking to you about the power of your words, how important our words are as believers. So if you want to put a title to this message, it is limited or limitless, and slap a question mark at the end for those of you who take notes. Limited or limitless, are the words that you are speaking limiting other people and their walk and their relationship with God, or are they building other people up? Because the power of our words in Proverbs 18, it says that um, death or life are in the power of our words. So we have the freedom to choose that. So as we go on through these, we're gonna go through different accounts of the Bible. Now I want you to ask yourself, who are you in this story? Are you the one that is limiting other people with your words? Or are you the one that's building other people up and, up and making them go further in their walk with the Lord? Okay, so let's look at the meaning of the word limited. It just means that it's something goes to the utmost point. There is a boundary. And to me, in this context, what we're talking about, it's a bit of a negative connotation because you can't, when you use your word, you're not really helping someone else, especially in the body of, of believers. We're called to encourage each other in the Lord, right? Um, we limit other people. Um, Or are you going to be the one that is limitless with your words, that's life-giving, that really frees, like literally brings revival into their relationship with the Lord? So I want you to ask yourself as we go through this, but I'm going to already go onto a bit of a rabbit trail. (laughs) Sorry, I might do that this morning because I have a newborn and I think I slept about a total of three hours last night. So if I forget my train of thought, just kind of remind me what what I was saying. Um, Okay. All right, so boundary. I want to go on a rabbit trail. Boundary. Yes, we're talking about limits, but I have a sense that in in the church, not just our church, but church as a whole, we have gotten really comfortable using the word boundary for our comfortability. So I have fallen captive to this. I have really come under that where I'm just like, I'm going to place a boundary on this relationship. It's biblical. Yes, don't get me wrong. I love boundaries. Boundaries are biblical. It's God shows us that he loves us through boundaries because he protects us. It's the same thing as, as a parent. We have to give the boundaries so that we can protect our children because we love them. However, we can go to the other end of it where we get very comfortable and we say, huh, I kind of want to put a boundary on this relationship. I want to put a boundary on this situation um, to the point where, because I want to be comfortable. 
but have I asked the Lord what he says? Have I left the Lord out of the boundary? Has he been on the other side of the boundary? So ask yourself that when it comes, because we're not meant to be comfortable in our Christianity. We're meant to, hey, if someone looks a little bit different from us, it's okay to ask the Lord, hey, I can have a conversation with this person or whatever it is. We're meant to reach everyone. So I just wanted to challenge you guys as I've been challenging myself. The Lord has been challenging me in that. All right, you still with me? All right, okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to Genesis 37. And I'm reading from the NASB this morning. I love the NIV as well. And it's the story of Joseph. I love the story. It's like one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Um, I'll give you some backstory. I'm sure everyone knows um, what happens. But Joseph has brothers, and his brothers do not, they're jealous of him because his dad had him in his old age. And so basically, um, they're really jealous of him. And so all of the words that they're spoken, spoken against Joseph really causes an event, like some bad things to happen. So we're going to pick up Genesis 37, verse 4. And it says, his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, and so they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. The NIV says they did not have one friendly word to say about him or to him. And so, um, you know how the story goes. He basically, even those thoughts or the lack of words or the wrong words spoken against him, actually, I like to believe, causes for him. Obviously, they plan to kill him, and then they throw him in a pit, all these bad, and then he even goes into prison. We all know how the story goes goes because someone else lied about him, okay? So all these bad things happened to him, but what I love so much is at the very end of Genesis, he, I just see Jesus in the scripture so much, and I love to read, when I read my word, um, I like to look and also ask, like, where's Jesus in this, even in the Old Testament? He's like all over the word of God, I love it. But anyway, so he, what comes out of him, his brothers basically are desperate, they need food, they're from, coming from Israel, and so they come and meet with um, the person who's over all of Egypt, which happened to be Joseph, because God gave him favor, so um, he doesn't reveal himself at first, and so they communicate, and all these things happen, and then finally he reveals himself to his brothers, who said bad things against him, who labeled, labeled him, who limited him with, his, with their words, and um, he says, hey, don't worry, don't worry, don't be afraid, because they're all afraid of him. They think he's going to kill him now, you know? So he's like, don't be afraid. Don't worry. I, this had to happen. This is, God had to save many people because of this. So I just love that he wasn't ready to come back at them with bad, negative, limiting words. He had in his heart already grace for his brothers. And I think it's very, very interesting how it was his brothers. How many times in our lives, and I feel like a lot for, for a lot of us, it's our family members that have spoken limiting words over our lives, right? Can anyone attest to that? Where family members have kind of put limits and labels and kind of held you down and you've kind of come into agreement with this. With this. And I've been praying all week and asking the Lord, even, even during worship, even as I started talking, hopefully I know that the Holy Spirit's gonna start touching people's hearts and showing you some of the labels that you weren't even aware of that you came under agreement to. So just be listening for that as we go through this. All right, so we're going to track along. We're going to go to Numbers. Actually, I'm just joking. 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17. David and Goliath. I love David and Goliath too. My kids do too. Michaela's like, yes, me too. 
Um, all right, so David goes, he's a young shepherd boy, and he goes, um, we all know the story, but I'm going to give some back backstory to this. He goes to the Israeli camp, and um, the Goliath, this huge giant, wants to fight him, and he he just, and all, all the Israelis are like super afraid, because he's huge, and they're all afraid, but he's just a young shepherd boy, doesn't have any armor on, nothing. He's like, hey, what's going on, guys? Um, I think I will do it. I, w- I will f- go and fight against this Goliath guy. Well, it's very interesting because David is the first person to limit him with his words. Okay, so we're going to pick up 1 Samuel 17, and we're going to pick up in verse 28. Now, Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger burned against David, and he said, Why have you come down, and with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I think that's very patronizing, (laughs) the way he asks that. I know your insolence and the wickedness of your heart, for you have come down in order to see the battle. In order to just see the battle. So his brother already has put a limitation on him with his words. All right, but now we're going to go down to verse 33. And then here comes Saul. It says, Then Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, while he has been a warrior from his youth. Um, here, two people are placing limits with their words over him. And so, um, but again, what I love about David, he doesn't let a moment go by. He doesn't get emo- in his emotions. He doesn't think, oh, how can I get back at them with my words? None of that. What comes out of him is who God is to him. And we're going to be touching a little bit about our identity and God as well. Some of the promises that God speaks over us, kind of how Clayton was talking about, you are a son and a daughter of God. All right, so on verse 37, it says, And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me. Everyone say, he will deliver me. From the hand of the Philistine. All right, so there, there we go. He, again, like I said, he does not fall under the limitations of the words spoken over him by his own family members, okay? So who are you in the stories? I'm gonna go back to that question. Are you the one finding yourself constantly speaking and limiting other people over their heads? If you can see this little cloud and just think, oh, am I the one doing that or am I bringing life with my words? Okay, all right, so now we're gonna track along. And we're gonna go... To Matthew chapter 4, verse 3 to 7. I haven't looked at my notes like once, so let's hope that I uh, didn't miss anything. <laughs> All right, Jesus was, Jesus was always, people always spoke things and negative things. Um, someone even said he was demon-possessed at one point in the New Testament. But what I love about this scripture is it's a temptation that he was facing in Matthew 4. Verse three to seven. We're reading a lot of Bible this morning. I hope you're okay with that. Okay. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and he said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every, okay, that was your chance to jump in there. But on every, that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And the devil took him into the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. 
Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him into a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to them, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, go Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and began to minister to him. What I love what Jesus did, again, he did not, let a second go by with every single thing that the enemy took. You know how the enemy kind of can twist things in your mind and your thoughts, how Clayton was talking about this morning? He can twist things. It is important for us as believers to get into our words so that we know the context of the word of God. And so what Jesus did every single time, he had the word of God in his heart and he just came back with a scripture. He just came back with a scripture. Are we able to do that as believers? It's really, really important. And then Angels will come and tend to you, right? All right, so now we're going to go. Oh, you know what? I forgot about one, one other account in the Old Testament. I love, um, I love the Old Testament so much. All right, I'm going to find it. Sorry. I couldn't forget about this because this is a good one. All right, this is where someone actually limited themselves and other people. I think if you limit, this is like a side note, if you limit yourself with your words or other people, who else are you limiting? God and what he can do, right? All right, so we're going to go back. Sorry to bring you back to the Old Testament, but it's kind of good for you to like get to know your Bible. Numbers 13, verses 31 to 32, and then we're going to look at chapter 14, verses 1 through 2. All right, this is the part where Moses and Aaron sent some people to go and look at the promised land, and they were supposed to come back and give a report. Um, come back to give a report to Aaron and Moses. And um, we're going to pick up in verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are too strong for us. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report. Everyone say bad report. Of the land which they had spied out saying, the land through which we have gone is, in spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size. Jump to chapter 14, just a couple verses. Then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried and the people wept that night. All the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation said to them, would, um, would that we had died in the land of Egypt or would that we had died in this wilderness? I just think it's very interesting. I didn't start at the beginning of the chapter because I wanted to prove a point. The first report was actually from Caleb and um, a couple of the other guys, and it was, it was a good report. It was saying, and we're going to pick up on, in verse 30, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. Why as humans are we always susceptible, not always, that's like a generalization, I hate doing that, but a lot of the times we are always listening to a bad report, and that even comes second or third, but the first report was a beautiful one. We can, hey guys, we can do this. That was not a limit, limiting word that was spoken over them, but the Israelites chose to listen to the two bad reports after that, right? All right, so now let's go back to the New Testament. Okay, we're going to go back to Matthew, chapter 16, and we're going to pick up in verses 13 through 19. Again, just a few more um, scriptures here. Um, a few months ago, um, Clayton actually preached on how to read your Bible, 
and he spoke about how important it is to read your whole, um, to try and not isolate one verse when you're reading your Bible. It is important to try and read one whole chapter if you can a day. Um, how long does one chapter in a day take? Like, uh, like one minute, maybe, two, uh, like seriously, two minutes. <laughs> so I want to challenge all of us. We sit on our phones and we scroll for how long? <laughs> on social media. So hey, you can get so much more meat out of the Word of God if you are actually just reading one chapter. So you can get the context. Because a lot of the times we can see, we can just get so much more out of it. So I'm going to give you some context to this. Um, Jesus was just telling his disciples, hey, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. What he means by that is, hey, be careful of the limitations that religious spirit, be, be careful of the limitations that that religious spirit can bring that really limits the miracles that I can bring and do, right? So he warns them of them because guess what? Where we're going to read, there's actually going to be a beautiful promise that shows, hey, miracles and signs and wonders are from me, and I can do this. All right, so Matthew 16, are you there? 13, verse, uh, th- uh, verse 13 through 19. It says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, but still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, actually, you know what? I'm not going to keep going. I'm going to stop right there. Who do you say that I am? What I love about Jesus, what he does also throughout the New Testament is, have you noticed that he loves to ask questions? He loves to ask questions. And it's not because uh, he doesn't know the answers to it. I think it's because, you know, when you, know, when you have a good friendship going and it's a friendship where they ask you genuinely, how are you doing? You know, what's your life? What's been going on? I love friendships like that because it's like not a selfish friendship. They really want to know. And so Jesus, I think when he asks us these questions, we come up. It's not, yes, God can give us a revelation like he did with Peter over here, but um, we can have the revelation for ourselves and then it sticks better. Instead of someone just telling us all the time, hey, this is God, this is God, hey, this is who I am. But but he asked the question so that we can go, hey, I got this revelation and now it's going to stick deeper and better and my walk with him is going to be stronger. So let's, let's keep going. Verse 16, it says, Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give, everyone say give. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind, everyone say bind, on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose, say loose, on earth shall be loosed in heaven. It's very interesting to me how just in these seven verses, the word say, said, or tell, it has been placed in here. Again, the power of our words is just so important. And the word blessed in verse 17, blessed are you, Simon. It's not just like a human blessed. It's the same word that he uses, the blessed in the Beatitudes at the beginning of Matthew. It means divinely favored. Don't you want to be divinely favored when he asks you, who do you say I am? When, we ask, when he asks us that and we're able to tell him who he is, he gives us a new identity. I want to do that every morning. Like after studying this, I'm like, I want to tell you, God, who you are every morning so that I can be reminded who I am in you. Amen? All right. Oh, okay, yes. And then the keys to the kingdom. I will give you the keys to the kingdom. 
keys to the kingdom is like, you know, wait, hey, I forgot. Holy Spirit's reminding me of something. Um, you know how, and when we're talking about Matthew, how in the wilderness when he was um, tempted, he, when he was tempted, I'm sorry, I'm going on a rabbit trail again, forgive me. <laughs> but when he was tempted, he said, go Satan, go Satan. You know like sometimes how you get those Christians who are like, think that you're over spiritual? Have you had those people in your life? I've had that been spoken over, over me um, before. And so I, I kind of want to share my testimony because, um, Emily, you were saying about testimony, like kept going testimony. I just started crying in worship because I was like, oh, I love my testimony. Does anyone else love their testimony? I, I was not raised as a believer. I'm sharing this story actually because in the, I, I was asked to speak somewhere else just like a morning like this. And I had to kind of practice in front of the pastor just to make sure everything was approved and all that. So within what I was gonna say, I was gonna share my testimony, which I love doing because we, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so I'm starting to share my testimony and I just get stopped, okay? And this is why I get stopped. I'm gonna go into my testimony. All right, so I was not raised as a believer at all. In fact, I'm from South Africa, so I came on a tennis scholarship to Old Dominion like 16 years ago. Woo, it's a long time ago. All right, so I came on a tennis scholarship. Um, I go to my communications class one day, my senior year, and um, this cute guy invites me to church. Sorry, babe, he's not listening, which is a good thing. This cute guy invites me to church. <laughs> So I go for the wrong reasons, okay? I go for the wrong reasons, but I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm either like an all-in person or I'm not. So, but I was just like, yeah, I'm just gonna go. He's really cute. So I go and I go for about a month. And so after one of the church services, one of my roommates, or all of them actually call me and they say, hey, if you keep going to church. We don't wanna be your friend. These were my only friends. Like my whole family lives in South Africa. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm not gonna go. Um, Cause that guy stopped talking to me anyways. <laughs> so, so I stopped going, I met Nick. And so we've been married 12 years. And so, um, and so would you mind grabbing me water, babe, on that note? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so yes, okay, so we get married, whatever. Nine months into our marriage, we were doing some not so great things. Um, I know there's some kids in the room, which I wasn't planning on. Um, some not so great things. Um, and so <laughs> we're watching this movie. Okay, we're watching this movie that has got some really um, supernatural, demonic things going on in it. It's called Paranormal Activity. Side note, I can tell you this story and I feel confident doing it because I'm not afraid, like Clayton was saying. Um, so anyways, so we watch this movie and we're a little bit, you know, high. And um, <laughs> so I feel like such a different, I mean, I am a different person, but like it's crazy to think I did that. All right, so, so we're doing that. And then literally that was like the last night ever that I did that because for three months after that, a lot of those things in that movie started happening to me. Okay, so you can imagine how afraid I was. I was so filled with fear. Thank you. Um, I was so filled with fear that I literally could not go in public alone, like literally for three months. Give me a second. All right, so I was so afraid. But I remembered, hey, um, something told me, obviously now I know God. God told me, hey, go to that church that, that guy invited, invited you to. So I go on the first Sunday, and I go, and literally, like, I step out of this place, like, fully changed, like, fully set free. Like, I don't even look the same. I don't talk the same. And my husband's like, who are you? Let's go to the bar. And I'm like, no, I can't think of anything worse. Okay, so my whole life changed. 
but I'm telling you this story because I like to like kick the enemy. He hates our testimony. So don't be afraid to share testimony. I share my testimony like once or twice a week. Like that's my goal typically because he hates it. And I'm just going to do it because he doesn't, you know, he tries with me all the time anyway. So, all right. <laughs> so anyways, what I was saying with, my, with this previous pastor, I had some limiting words been spoken over me. And he was, you know, he was saying, hey, leave this part out. You're going to place fear in people. They're going to think you're really weird. You're over spiritual. All of these labels, limits. And you know what? I, I, I agreed with it. I agreed with it. I came under, under it like this cloud. And so that honestly kept me from doing what I'm doing now <laughs> because I was like, what, what am I allowed to say? What am I not allowed to say? And so I came under actually a spirit of control and manipulation, you know? And so, and, and he, he didn't know, you know, um, maybe he knew, he knew, but that's just why we have to be very particular about the words that we're saying the words that we're saying, if it's limiting other people, because I want to, I wanna, like Romy and Clayton, you guys do such a good job always wanting other people to go deeper in their walk with God, and I want to do that more as well. All right. Um, okay, so sorry. <laughs> we're going back to Matthew 16. So many rabbit trails. It's great. <laughs> All right, so the keys to the kingdom. Okay, yes, we have the keys to the kingdom because we've already accepted him. We've told him who he is. He tells us who we are. But the keys to the kingdom, we get to bind things up. We get to loosen things up. How do we do that? With our words. And it, it really feels like it should be like something I need to do and earn. And if, if you're like me, I'm a doer. Like I need to earn it. Uh, you know, that's a tennis player in me. I want to just like earn it and do it. But that's not it. That's not it. It's him. If we just say it with our words, the words that we speak into the atmosphere, we literally have the power to bind things up and we have the power to loosen things up. So whatever your situation is, whatever season you're in, do it. And don't be afraid to look like a crazy village lady because I, I don't care anymore. Like I, I do it and there is so much power in it. I've seen it. Amen. All right. Again, didn't look at my notes, but I think I'm good. Um, I, I kind of want to go into, um, oh, yes, this. Okay, can I have five volunteers, please, or maybe six? And if you, if you need glasses to read, make sure you bring them up here. <laughs> just, you don't have to, like, say anything. You just have to come grab something. Um, and I'm going to just empty this out. Okay, wait, before you take one, I want you to read the label. No, it's not soap, no. L read the label before you take one. Don't just take one because you're messing up my whole um, thingy-majiggy. Do you want to, do you want, do you want to grab one? No, I don't want you to grab one because it might have like a bad word on it. Okay, did you read your label? All right, so all of these are some of these have good words on them, promises of God, scriptures. Some of them do not. And so hopefully everyone picked good words. Because, okay. Okay, that did not go as planned. But, but, it's, but it is, but it is a, it's important because sometimes we don't pay, pay attention to, what, to the words. That's a thing. We're not, Brent, we're not paying attention to the words. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. All right, when I get to you, I just want you to read what yours says. You're going to keep yours. Great. Yeah, yeah, Michaela. Yeah, you can pick this one. I don't know if you can read it, but. All right, so I want you to read what yours says, not you, Brian. Do you have a good one? Yes, oh, my goodness. You guys have to pay attention to words. Okay. All right. 
Listen to the word of the Lord. Okay. Hold on. Only listen to his voice. That's the, that's the thing that we're going with. Um, if you picked a good word, you get to keep it and open it, and you, you're done with what you had to do. Take it. You're good. Open it at your seat. Share it with someone if you want. But I'm going <laughs> to... Costco for the win. All right. You guys can sit down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's good, because I was like, it could either go this way or that way, and it proved to me that we're not paying attention to the labels that we're picking up and putting on ourselves. Can you guys sit down, baby? Pay attention to the words and the labels. All right, so some of those said, John 1, 12, that you are a child of God. And the opposite label here was an orphan. We wouldn't pick up that label. Well, some of us, we do. We have picked it up because we've come under that label, right? Under that word. 1 Peter 2, 9, you are chose, chosen, holy, and dearly loved. You are not lonely. Ephesians 1, 5, you are a son. You are a daughter of God. The opposite of that is that you don't belong. You do belong in the house of God in his family. Romans 6, 6, you are free in Christ. You are not slave to sin. John 15, 15, you are a friend of Jesus. You are not an enemy of God. Psalm 139, verse 14, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are not ugly. I really feel like that label, I'm gonna start crying, that label of, even if you put that on yourself, you are not ugly. That is something that God made. It is so beautiful, okay? All right, so we're gonna go into a bit of a, ministry moment and I want everyone just to take a moment to close your eyes and I don't care if you've been in church your whole life I'm going to come back to your testimony real quick if you've been if you've been a Christian and you've been raised in a, in a Christian household that is a beautiful testimony as well okay I've had a neighbor that's been a Christian her whole life and she says oh my testimony is so boring I wish I had a fun one like you no it proves your faithfulness it proves your faithfulness of, of just to the Lord right okay that was a rabbit trail close your eyes again and I want you to do this and I think the Lord has already been starting to talk to you about some labels I want you to ask the Lord I want you to ask the Lord, are there some labels that other people have placed on me? And what is it? What are the labels or what are the labels I've placed on myself? Ask him what it is. We're going to be good with having some quiet time and just resting in the Lord. I've actually heard of testimonies of people um, who was having a ministry moment with someone else and they were sitting there with this person and they, the Lord took them out into a vision of when they were like two or three years old. And they were sitting in a corner and the Lord showed them. They were like two or three. You can't remember childhood memories that far ago, that far away. And so the Lord showed them a vision of this, of this person sitting, you know, themselves sitting in a corner. And the Lord showed them that, hey, you're always going to be shy for the rest of your life. Someone spoke that over them. You're always going to be this. You're always going to be that. And then they're adults and they're still living under that because they don't remember it. So I'm believing, I'm speaking faith right now. The Holy Spirit's going to show you in a vision and a thought and a word. And He already has begun. I know. I know that He's working. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm just going to be praying. Thank you, Jesus. It's okay to cry. It's okay to get it out. Thank you, Father, that you're showing them. 
the wrong labels. Thank you, Jesus. So now I want you to do something that's not hard. You can do it. I want you to forgive that person. I want you to forgive yourself if you were the one that keeps, and even today you might keep saying, I'm this, I'm that. Something that doesn't line up with the word of God or what he says about his perfect creation. I don't need to walk you through this prayer. You know how to forgive someone. And I want you to do this. I want you to say, Lord, bless that person. Bless that person in Jesus' name. It just frees you so much. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so now we're gonna, same thing, keep your eyes closed. Take a moment to rest, it's Sunday. Just rest in the Lord. I want you to ask yourself, did I place a label on someone else? Ooh, it's a hard one. We've all spoken crazy words, right? I've had to do this before I came up here. So I want you to ask, bring, bring back memories of when you did that, maybe to your son, maybe to your daughter, your parents, your children, family members, people you don't even know. And I want you to repent. Repenting means, hey God, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I did this. I don't wanna do this again. Now forgive yourself as well. Don't, don't feel shame or anything. Just forgive yourself for doing that and the Lord will empower you to work on this in this area. Okay, if you feel like he's still talking to you, you can just keep going. Um, but right now, if you, if you feel like you're done, I want you to grab, a, your, if you have a notebook, everyone has a phone too, right? Who does not have a phone? Everyone has a phone. Grab your phone or your notebook. It's better to write down if you have a notebook. That's how I am. I like to write down. But you can use your phone. And wives, I'll tell, I'll tell your husbands this on behalf of you. Don't use your phone to scroll <laughs> through social media right now. This is not a moment to check out and get distracted. Don't get distracted because this is an important, this is like the most important part that I really felt like the Lord wanted us to do today. I want you to write down who Jesus is to you. Who is Jesus to you? The words are gonna come, they're gonna come. If you're a person that says, I'm not a word person, hey, maybe that's a label that you've placed on yourself, take it away. Jesus, I say this of you, and just write down what comes to your mind. It's gonna just flow. It's very beautiful the way he does this. Thank you, Jesus. That's what Peter did. He told the Lord who he is. You're the son of God. You are beautiful, Jesus. I love you. This is something you can do in your quiet time as well. If you find it, if you feel like you're a bit in a stuck, um, in a bit of a block in your relationship with God, you can just start with this in the morning because He can just keep speaking. I've done this where He's like given me like four pages of just writing down. And God does speak to each person. Even if you haven't placed your faith in Jesus yet, He does speak to you, believe it or not. That's just how kind He is. All right, now I want you to write underneath that, Jesus, who do you say I am? Again, even if you don't call Him your Savior yet, ask Him anyways, ask Him to reveal Himself to you. Write it down and let Him speak to you.
even if you've done this before many times, hey, God can give you a fresh word of who He is, who you are in Him. You are so good. You are so kind. I just feel your love for every single person in this place today. I thank you that you have chosen each person to be here today, that it's not by accident. Keep your eyes closed. And if you have not made that decision for the Lord to invite Jesus into your heart just to become a new creation, if you haven't done that yet, um, let me just tell you, I know what it's like to live without Him. And I know what it's like to live with Him. It, you cannot compare it. <laughs> it's like comparing apples to oranges. So no one's looking. So I want you to place your heart, your hand on your heart if you do want to make that decision. If you do want to make that decision to say, hey, I'm just desperate. I, I, need, I need a new, fresh start. I want, I, I want to invite you into my heart, Lord. Place your hand on your heart so I can see you so I know who I'm praying with. Just tell Him, hey, I accept you, Lord. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord and Savior over my life. Come live in my heart in Jesus' name. And Father, I just pray that you'll seal every single thing that you did here this morning from the worship right up until this moment, God. I thank you that our identity lies in you. God, I just pray, Lord, that you will help us to do something that is... um, beautiful with our words. Help us to stop limiting ourselves and others with our words, God. Help us to bless and bring life, bring this unlimited abundance of life over every person that we meet, whether they're a believer or not. Give us new, fresh words, God. And I just ask that you will um, strengthen and give a desire for every single person in this place to want to live a life that is fully surrendered to you, fully surrendered every single area. Bless every family, every child. May all the children in this house grow up knowing you, loving you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services, visit seashorechurch.com.